This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Look at me. I'm slightly better than yeah, last week. You sound like a human being. Almost. <laughs> um, I do want to give a few shout outs to Patreon supporters who are brand new to the podcast. So Sakana G, Ben V, Catherine K, Joseph G, Richard L, Lee F, Nathan G, Nicole H, Rachel P. Thank you so much for wow. your support. We appreciate it. It's a big crew. Hey, Thanks, guys. We're it means popular. a lot. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> um, before we get started with stories, I do want to say this Sunday I will be speaking outside of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh, we'll post a link in the show notes. It's free. If you're in the area, please come on by. I'm this talking Sunday about. It's the 14th. It's the 14th. I'm talking about atheism and politics and whether it's still taboo to be an atheist, open atheist in politics. It'll be fun. What's the answer? Is it easy? Uh, it's complicated. <laughs> oh, no. I thought it was going to You've get just a- given away an hour, 15 <laughs> minutes of my talk. Damn it. I know. Uh, how are you? Uh, you know what? I'm okay. This week is over. It was another garbage week. Yeah. Uh, maybe I should really look into why every week I come to this podcast. I'm like, I had a shitty week, You're but it's over. You're clearly a depressing person. Apparently, I'm sun's out. It was like fucking 30 degrees yesterday, and it was 70 on Monday. I yeah. don't know what to do Chicago with weather. in Chicago. I know. Uh, let, me, let me start this one with... A story that I didn't even anticipate, but I saw this yesterday, and I'm thinking, where, why? Where does this even come from? So Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, who's mm-hmm. famous for, like, never talking mm-hmm. during actual oral arguments, he apparently gave a speech last week uh, at the Pepperdine University School of Law. Pepperdine is a Christian-affiliated uh, school. Where is it? This is in California, California. I believe. Uh, he, it's a... It's a Church of Christ-affiliated school. These are like-minded people for okay. him. For him. And basically, one of the things he was talking about, um, and this isn't even the point I want to get to, but I think it's worth mentioning, is that you know Republicans have been blasting through as many judicial nominees yeah. as they can while they have the Senate majority. Like They don't care how unqualified these people are. They're just ramming them through, yeah. and there's very little Democrats can do to stop them, mm-hmm. and these are lifetime appointments. And sometimes the few questions Democrats get to ask have to do with things these ju- uh, nominees have said in public um, in some capacity or another. It's like, hey, you said this five years ago, so let me ask you about it. And I'll give you an example. In 2017, Senator Dianne Feinstein had this woman, Amy Coney Barrett. We talked about this on the podcast. She's like, Donald Trump has even said, as soon as Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies, I'm going to nominate this woman to take her place. Cool as usual. Like, uh-huh. Well, when they were nominating her for a federal, uh, or maybe the appellate court or something, Dianne Feinstein asked this woman, Amy Coney Barrett, Uh, how her religious beliefs might influence her on the bench. And the reason she asked this question is because Barrett had published a paper Mm -hmm. about the role of Catholic judges in death penalty cases. Hmm. Barrett's Catholic herself. And she basically said, you know, Catholics believe death penalty is immoral, so what do you do if you're a Catholic judge dealing with a death penalty case? And she said, you know, some people might say you just recuse yourselves from all matters, but sometimes you can't step away from these situations, so how do you reconcile the two? Mm -hmm. Anyway, the paper's out there. Feinstein said, you know, are you the right person who can judge a case about the death penalty, which could come before you? Right. That's a fair question. She's Mm -hmm. written about it. She's suggested Catholic beliefs have a role to play in how you might adjudicate those issues. Mm -hmm. So Clarence Thomas is like, how dare these people ask about religious beliefs? You know, that's religious persecution. This is an argument that's come up by other people, too. But he said in this meeting uh, to this Pepperdine University group, I thought we got away from religious tests. I don't think I know a single judge that has allowed religion to interfere with their jobs. Which is like saying I don't think Republicans use religion when they make rules, even though, oh, it just so happens they're anti-gay and anti-LGBT. And where do you think they get this from? Why do you think they're all anti-abortion? I promise you it's not on facts they don't care. Right. It's a religious thing. But whatever. That's not even the issue I wanted to bring up. Here's the thing Clarence Thomas said that didn't get headlines, oh but I thought it was interesting to bring up. Uh, he basically said uh, the gist of this, con- the context for this comment is that he's saying, you know, we all take an oath 
on the Bible. We all swear to uphold the law. Mm -hmm. How dare you suggest our religious beliefs would interfere with that? Which is BS because they do. Here's what he said. I think it's interesting in a profession where we all take an oath that they would look at people, they being Democrats, Mm -hmm. that they would look at people who have strong faith Mm -hmm. as somehow not good people. Not what we said. As not good people when, if you're an atheist, what does an oath mean? Dude, if you're an atheist, what is, like what? If an atheist takes an oath, it somehow is just them saying, like what, they're crossing their fingers well, behind their back. I mean, he's talking out of some both sides of way. his mouth on this because oh. he's saying that, I mean, got like hot take, he's being like intellectually <laughs> insincere. But the fact that he says, my religion doesn't affect my judgment but in the same breath says your <laughs> lack of religion totally affects totally you because you're a liar because you took an oath. Which and I think and uh, you don't swear to a higher power. You're right. not taking an oath to a higher power, so you can't even be telling the truth. Right. And I think um, it's always interesting to highlight passages like this, and we see it a lot. Um, once you notice it, you can't unnotice it. The way the rhetoric is teed up is that Christianity is the like normal, the neutral. It's the default. It's oh, the default. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I was is default. And so when you, when you, <laughs> Daddy just snipped Emmett's hand to scare the shit out of him. I did not appreciate that. <laughs> um, the, the, if you are anything besides white, straight, male, and Christian, you are an other. And so what, and that's when they use that kind of exclusion, 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 Nary. Exclusionary? Sure. There it is. Language, it is meant to say we are the default. We are the regular yeah. Christian. So we and don't no let one. we don't let religion affect our our point of view because it's not possible because everybody like our point of view is based on Christianity. Christianity is <laughs> the point of view. So if you're anything other than like you're the one with the problem, not right. me. Right. And by the way, like atheists have taken oaths, even if they don't take the oath on the Bible, like we've seen this with senators especially, uh, or politicians, they take it on the constitution. They take it on a law right. book because we swear to uphold some power bigger than ourselves. It's, yeah, I'm putting my faith in the law or democracy or whatever. Just because you're not pledging an oath to some supernatural higher power, it doesn't mean you can't take this seriously. And by the way, I would trust someone who pledges an oath on the Constitution a lot more. And if we've learned nothing from this administration, it's that taking an oath on the Bible means jack. Yeah, like, let's not pretend that nobody has ever lied while, like, laying their (laughs) hand on the Bible. What the fuck are you talking about, Clarence? Yeah. How can you be this naive? Dude, keep your mouth shut, apparently, because when you talk, you're not helping anybody. Just... Um, I do have a happier story for you before we move on to more angry stuff. Okay. Uh, We mentioned this a few weeks ago, maybe a few weeks ago, but it's it's happening in our state now. So, So Illinois... So now it matters to me. So now it matters. (laughs) (laughs) Illinois is is now, like, dominated by Democrats legislatively. So that's awesome for us. Um, Because we agree. But in Missouri, for abortions, if you wanted to get an abortion in Missouri, Missouri is one of those states that has a law Mm -hmm. that says from your consultation, your first consultation till you actually get an abortion, women have to wait 72 hours. Mm -hmm. Why? No reason. There's no medical reason. They just want to... make things more difficult for women, Yeah, and because there's such a limited number of places you can obtain an abortion Mm -hmm. in Missouri... For some women, that means I have to drive hundreds of miles to get that consultation and then spend a lot of money to either stay there mm-hmm. for three days or come back or come back and, and drive then go again. Back. So it's just another hurdle in the way of them getting an abortion. Yeah. In Illinois, we don't have those restrictions. Mm-hmm. So in about 10 minutes from St. Louis, right on the border, if you cross from St. Louis into like Granite City in the Southwest, mm-hmm. there is now a billboard. Uh, yes, put up really? by the Hope Clinic for Women that says, Welcome to Illinois, where you can get a safe legal abortion. Oh my God, I love <laughs> it. Let's go drive down there and take pictures with um, it. That's a far drive. Yeah, but, but it's it a is. Bit. It's one of those things that if you're driving in from Missouri, wow. you will see that billboard. That's really cool. And they got the idea because in Colorado, a clinic put up something very similar saying, Look, all of these surrounding states are very heavily yeah. conservative. Um, but in our state, we don't have restrictions on women's bodies. Yeah. So, like, welcome. We will take care of you here. And um, just to 
point this out. Dr. Aaron King, who is an OBGYN who is the executive director of this clinic, said the goal of this billboard is to remind people coming in from Missouri that they are now in a state that trusts and allows pregnant people to make their own health care yes. and family planning decisions. Yes, 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 yes. So yes. more power to them. That's, That's great. That is awesome. Um, one thing I definitely wanted to bring up this week because I feel like this has dominated the news. And then I looked at what we talked about last week. It didn't warrant a mention okay. last week. Let's talk about Pete Buttigieg and Mike Pence. Oh my God. How did I miss It wasn't that? even a thing like a week ago. And now it's all anyone talks about with regards to oh, these I'm guys. I'm so thrilled with oh this. Oh my God. So, for background, if you're not familiar with the situation, Mike Pence used to be governor, now vice president, used to be governor of Indiana. And the one thing he was known for, if you followed him and what he did, is that he said, if you're like a Christian baker mm-hmm. or a Christian business owner, you don't have to serve gay people if it violates your sensibilities. No, he doesn't care for the gays as a people. No. And he basically said, no, you don't have to serve gay people if you think it's a violation of your beliefs. Mm-hmm. The backlash was so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. that even he was like, no, that's not what we ah, meant to do. You what? misunderstood me. Yeah. And Pete Buttigieg, who's running... The problem running... is you listen to the words I said, <laughs> and that's yeah. your first problem. And so Buttigieg is the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. He's directly affected. I mean, his community is affected by Pence, under Pence. Mm-hmm. Buttigieg is gay. He's running for president as a Democrat. So now that he's on the campaign trail, this is one of the things that comes up, mm-hmm. not because he's necessarily made it an issue, but he's talked about his faith. He said, you know, my faith, my Christian faith, like my gay marriage to my husband mm-hmm. makes me a stronger person, makes me a, uh, brings me closer to God. He even said on Meet the Press last week, if you've got a problem, to Mike Pence, if you've got a problem with who I am, your problem is not with me. Your quarrel, sir, is with my creator. Which is like a mic drop moment. Yeah. So and good. again, uh, for atheists, like, I, would I Listen. like that they don't mention religion? Sure, but whatever. It's going to be brought up. And if you're going to bring it up, I kind of like the but fact the, that a progressive Christian is saying right-wingers <laughs> don't own my faith. Yes. Yeah, and I think that they've, like, established the rules of warfare and they're existing in that. Like, yeah, you're right. Do I care <laughs> whether Mike Pence believes in a God or not? Not particularly. But, like, if you're going to tell another Christian that, like, well, God told me that you're a sinner, and it's like, well, he didn't tell me that. So <laughs> what are we doing here? Right. And again, Mike Pence's faith wouldn't be an issue, except he uses it right. to hurt other people. Yes. That's the problem. So... uh Pete Buttigieg appeared on Ellen's show. Uh, this is today on Friday when we're recording. The episode that's airing today involves, of course, they're talking about how his homosexuality has mm-hmm. been has affected him and stuff like that. One of the things he said to all the criticism that he's criticizing Mike Pence's Christianity, because that's the storyline the right's been running with, mm-hmm. he's like... This is what Buttigieg said. I'm not critical of his faith. I'm critical of bad policies. I don't have a problem with religion. I'm religious too. I have a problem with religion being used as a justification to harm people, Mm -hmm. and especially in the LGBTQ community. Hey, if Pence wanted to clear this up, (laughs) he could come out and say he's changed his mind, Uh, that it shouldn't be legal to discriminate, but he doesn't. Oh, I can't imagine why. (laughs) Wow. I'll so. have to watch. I haven't uh, tuned in to Ellen in a minute. Maybe I'll maybe I'll pop in. God, Pete Buttigieg seems like a good dude, doesn't he? I like him. Uh, I like Elizabeth Warren. I like him. The rest of them are fine too. Um, like I would everybody's say, fine so far. Like really? there's some I like more than the others. Everyone's fine so far. And it like, is kind of amusing to watch Christianity in political realms talked about in a way that's not used as a weapon. Right. But just like, oh, look, for Cory Booker, it inspires him to fight for social justice. For Mm -hmm. Buttigieg, he's like, yeah, don't discriminate against me because of your religion. Like, Buttigieg is like, my religion makes me want to help poor people and fight for, like, minority groups that don't have a fair shake. Which I'm not a biblical scholar, but that does feel... In line with what Jesus said? In theory. Yeah. I mean, who cares? It's more like, good, if that's what your religion is making you do, like, you're not my 
uh, enemy, I guess, as an atheist who doesn't want to see religion in politics, right. you're low priority because you're, right, right. you're trying to do the right thing, even if you want to justify it with religion. I'll roll my eyes, but I'm fine with it. I mean, I honestly <laughs> cannot imagine a time, uh, maybe in like some far off, like utopic society after this dystopian nightmare. Yes. I can't imagine a scenario in which I would have a problem with Pete Buttigieg because he's religious in this way. Because, like, genuinely, I do not care what somebody's religious beliefs are. I don't. I don't think it's interesting. I only see. I absolutely do. But, but, like you're about to say, only when it comes to how they put that in action. Yeah, yeah, and that's what matters more. Like, what are you doing with your religion if you're doing something good with it? We can we we would have a different conversation. Sure, it's about you know what should be your motivation if not that. Now it's well, how harmful is your religion going to be? And yeah. that's a bigger crisis and, than just whether you believe in God or not. And isn't it wild that all of these people cite the same God and come out with these wildly different conclusions of what right. that God, like? Right. What, and ag- at what point is it is it meaningless? And, and this is what progressive Christians have been arguing forever, which is there are there are multiple ways to interpret the book. Both sides have a claim to say no, I'm interpreting it fairly or correctly. And again, that discussion has been going on forever. It's going to continue. Like, right. who's interpreting it the right way? Because it's the Bible. Yeah. It's a book meant to be interpreted however the hell you want. Right. Um, but it is nice to finally see people giving, like, progressive Christians, as in the liberals, mm-hmm. like, a, a more more interest, more emphasis, good. Um <laughs> The Pence family doesn't seem to understand any of this conversation because it's not just Mike Pence. Karen Pence and their daughter, Charlotte Pence, who wrote that Marlon Bundo book that John Oliver made fun of like way back when, they were on the radio this week and they were saying, here's uh, Karen Pence, I think in our country we need to understand you shouldn't be attacked for what your religious beliefs are. You know, we don't attack them for their faith. Religious liberty means, this is Charlotte now, religious liberty also means you could believe in God or you cannot believe in God. You could believe whatever you want and shouldn't, you shouldn't be afraid of being persecuted for that. And just to step back. Can we remove the word persecuted from every Christian's vocabulary? Because yeah. they, they've used it and abused it and they've lost their privileges. They don't understand what it means or what it does. Yeah, and the whole point is no one's persecuting you for being Christian. No. They're criticizing you for what you've done with it. Yep. And that is fair game. Because you're a politician. Your whole thing is what you do in action. Right. And it's, Pence is doing horrible things yeah. under the brand of Christianity. I mean, it's not like Pence is like some dude on the internet espousing garbage, which like that that definitely deserves its criticism as well. He is a person who has tremendous control and influence. So like, yeah, if your if your religion is kind of stepping on my toes in terms of like I don't know my friends having humanity, then yeah, that's like hell of my problem. And remember, this is like the Mike Pence rule that that said I can't be alone with a woman, which limits how much power women can have in this administration, too. But remember, that's not just a policy choice. That's a faith based policy choice that actually hurts people. This is what we're talking about. It's fair to criticize that stuff. Yeah. And you can't just say, well, I'm doing it because of my religion. So lay off. No, Christianity isn't some immunity shield Mm -hmm. to your dumb ideas. Right. And the funny thing is the people criticizing him right now, like, are other Christians. It's not atheists doing it. Like, we've always been doing it, but, like, right. now it's coming from other Christians. It's coming so from don't say the they're criticizing you for your faith. Right. Like, we it's coming from within your faith. Um, so I, I <sighs> love that this fight's going on. I love that it's not going to end anytime yeah. soon. Because, like, because of all the scandals that I think Trump has had, People kind of ignore Pence and all the damage he would do in that position and that he has done so far. He's been under the radar for years. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, nope, he's also bad. What a fucking nightmare, dude. Um, Speaking of which, (laughs) do you want to talk about Mike Huckabee? It is all I want. (laughs) So for some reason, he's being interviewed. I'm not sure why anybody cares what he has to say, but he uh, did a sit-down interview um, with the Christian Pope. Pope. The Christian, <laughs> the Christian Pope. Post. <laughs> well, Changing I was religions to... <laughs> on us. <laughs> it's, tr- it's crazy. They released this picture 
of him talking to the interviewer. Can you tell me, like, how fucking awkward is that Yeah, picture? they're on a <laughs> park bench, like he's about to show her a box it's of not, chocolates. Okay, so but. it's it printed in black and white. It's not even park bench. It's like a love seat, but without... <laughs> but without, like, arms on it. And so they're on this couch in this awkward way with, like, their shits in between. She looks professional. He looks way too relaxed. Yeah, it's just, like, it's just an uncomfortable... Because it's, like, a couch floating in the middle of a room. Like, it's not by a wall. It's not by other furniture. It's, like, somebody found an empty, um, like, hall in a hotel and just plopped a love seat with, like, part of a sectional. Anyway, it just made me laugh a whole lot. Some visual humor for our podcast. Um... (laughs) So, um, Mike Huckabee has some concerns, Hammond. Yes. A lot of concerns. About? Um, he thinks that there are threats to biblical principles. Go on. Um, and it's, um, there is a failure to apply a biblical standard of maleness and femaleness. Um, we're creating an illusion that there is no gender, there is no identity, and I'm blaming uh. the Christian church. What? Oh, hey. Twist. So he's mad that, what, trans people exist? So I, I've read this a couple times, and I don't know that it's specifically about trans people, though I assume it's in that neck of the woods. I think it has more to do with gender roles than it does, like, gender fluidity in any way that he probably doesn't comprehend. And he's, yeah, I was going to say, it's not like he's the expert on this stuff, because they always manage to botch how they talk about this stuff. Right. And, and that's my interpretation. I, I could be. But his entire argument is like the church hasn't been like hardcore Hard, yeah. enough. They haven't put about their saying down. men are men and you're born with men parts. And you go to work and women have boobies and vaginas and they tend to the house. And, and apparently, if they babies. did this, then everything would be okay. Yeah, I guess that's. So he's, he and this is funny because you know he's. If people say he's attacking trans people or whatever, he's like, no, 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 I'm attacking Christians yeah, for not, not being transphobic trans, enough. Yeah. So don't say I'm attacking trans people. I'm attacking Christians. Like, it's the same thing. So guess where this all started, Hemant? Guess where the root of the problem is? Yes. The year is 1970. Uh-huh. The state is California. Okay. The law is no-fault divorce. Oh, yes. So he thinks... Women wanting to get out of, let's say, an abusive relationship... Sure. ...and not having to justify it to yep. a judge... That's the reason Christians are like wusses. Uh-huh. He said it created the, mi- the mindset that marriage, quote, wasn't really that important, and one could, quote, go, go in and out without a second thought, which, like, I don't know. Like, Again, if you're getting a divorce, there's probably a reason for it, at least by one person. Yeah, 100%. So this no-fault so, divorce just, like, I don't have to justify it to a judge. Well, it's a constant hearkening back for, for people, a la Mike Huckabee, of this, A, nostalgia that probably never existed, but this, like, late 50s, early 60s, Americana, nuclear families, husband husband goes to work with his fedora and his briefcase, and the wife stays fedora. at home. Yeah, I've yes. been watching a lot of 19... They wear fedoras. Sure. They do. Okay. Shut up. Um, and wife stays home, they clean the house, they care for the babies, the kids are quiet and respectful, and then they very, go and I, like... Uh, very leave it to beaver type Right, of. and then they rinse and repeat for the yeah. next generation. The problem is that they have, like, just looked at one too many Norman Rockefeller... Norman Rockwell. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I'm really on it today. It's too early to record, haven't? No more. <laughs> um, Norman Rockwell paintings, because this is a thing that never existed, because even in, uh, even in these quote-unquote idealized families, alcoholism, spousal <laughs> abuse, child abuse, like repressed homosexuality, being beaten for not... Not conforming to gender roles, corporal punishment in schools. Like, this shit wasn't that good. Not to mention if you were black or a minority of any other kind or not Christian or et cetera. Like, it is, it's it's something, it's a place and time that never existed that the Republicans are constantly trying to get back to. And I don't, I don't know what, I don't, do they think it's really going to happen? Do they think women are going to be like, you're right. I hate having money and making my own choices. <laughs> it's the fucking pits. I'm going to wear heels and vacuum today, and that's going to be my day. Yeah. Like, I don't... Anyway, it's frustrating for me. I can't believe a Huckabee would say such a crazy thing. I know. Going back to um, senior Huckabee, uh, that's when we first started losing that sense of sacredness of what marriage meant. 
So I'm not really surprised that same-sex marriage has become in vogue. Wow, what a choice of words. Mm -hmm. Because the Christian church were the ones who essentially abdicated a strict responsibility of what biblical marriage should look like. And once you've destroyed that, why can't you have any and everything? The gender dysmorphia we're seeing today is largely due to the fact that the church has failed to present very clearly the words of Jesus and Genesis 5-2. Jesus was not in Genesis. Male and female, <laughs> he created He created them. Right, right. So like the Genesis 1, God created man and woman, therefore trans people don't exist. That's their interpretation of the Bible. Can we talk about his really good take on single parents? Let me guess. He's not a fan. Well, well, Hammett, only if he's single parent right. Mm. There's some people who are in single parenthood, not because they want to be, but because they were forced to be. And we ought to give them all the support. I'm not sure what he means by support. Like if your spouse dies and you have to be a single parent, fine. They, they're they not the problems. They need help. Right. But fine. he says we should give them support. I don't know that his politics reflect that he wants to give yeah. <laughs> widows report, um, support. Um, but we should never pretend that it's as good as a loving mother and father in a home where a child sees both genders play out their norms because it's the modeling of behavior that that would be ideal for a child to grow up in. So if you're a single mother... Or a gay couple. No, no, no. Let's go back. <laughs> if you're a single mother, listen, we're going to give you the support, but you done fucked up. Like, <laughs> no matter what you do, single mother, your kid's going to be fucked because there's no dad in the picture. Yeah, so yeah. that's on you. And, like, fucking... A, gender roles are meaningless and mean nothing. Like, stop pretending that anybody conforms to that in an overarching way. And, like, there has... The problem is they don't believe in any kind of science, so there's nothing I can say. I can say that there are reports that show that kids who grow up in loving same-sex married, you know, raised by a loving same-sex married married couple, same-sex couple, yeah. are just as well-adjusted, if not better. Which than, is what the studies say. Right. Right. But like, and they don't care. But what can I, like, I think that's going to be the most frustrating What you need thing to show the them is a Bible life. that has, like, a different version of it. But even, and even that... Then, because the Bible contradicts itself all over the place, right. so it's not. It's just extremely frustrating because it's. I know people use it a lot, but like it's just a po- post fact time of communication that there's nothing I can say to a person that they would take in good faith. Right. Because why are you criticizing Huckabee for his faith Jesus, and not just his up. policies? Okay. Speaking of which, uh, in Texas this week. Uh, one of the issues that happened is that a Republican state rep named Tony Tinderholt uh, was the sponsor of a bill that finally got a hearing this week, and it was in the news because of that. And basically, he he's like, I'm pro-life, mm-hmm. and so I want to classify abortion as a homicide, and I don't just want to punish doctors no. uh, who perform the abortions. Eh, let's make it so that women are eligible for the death penalty mm-hmm. if they have an abortion. And that was something that got like an eight-hour hearing this week. And let's just, I'll say this, because this also happened. This is such a bad idea yeah. that even the Texas GOP-dominated legislature, like the Speaker of the Texas House, is like, this bill is not getting a vote. We're not even doing this. I'm shutting down this bill like, forget it. It's yeah, not happening. So they're not going to pass this. The fact that it even got a hearing, though, suggests that this is an idea that... And by the way, Tony Tinderholt still thinks it's a great idea. Oh, yeah. How he would stop, like, a woman from saying, uh, I just had a miscarriage. How do you prevent her from saying that if she got an abortion? How do you get to decide what's an abortion versus, like, something else? Um, when are they eligible for the death penalty versus sure. not? Who's the... Who's the prosecution in that case? Mm-hmm. Who's prosecuting the woman about, like, is there a baby? Is there a fetus lawyer? Is that going to be a job? It should be. I mean, some kid tried to sue. Ugh, whatever. <laughs> um, I want to. And by the way, remember when Trump was running for president and he was being asked, like, should oh, yeah. women be punished for having an abortion? And Trump, because he doesn't know any of this stuff, it's like, uh, yeah, sure. That I sounds like what the pro-life side is yeah. saying. Like, right? Women should be punished. And the pro-life side is like, no, we don't say that out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You forgot again. God, <laughs> That's supposed Donald, to be the quiet part this. we only say to ourselves. Um, um, by the way, Tony Tinderholt is such a good Christian mm-hmm. that he's only on his fifth marriage. Yep. 
Uh, Do you know why he thinks that this measure is necessary? Why? Because he thinks women need to be more personally responsible. Oh, yes. So Uh, that's cool. So women who are apparently raped, because they could also be eligible for the death penalty Mm -hmm. for the crime of being a victim, Mm -hmm. um, they are not responsible enough to look after themselves, so let's kill them. That's the Republican policy. Pro-life. Pro-life Republican policy, except for the couple of Republicans who are like, no, this is going to make our side look really bad. Yeah. So let's shut this down and find other, like, uh, more subtle ways to put obstacles in front of women. Um, So there is a couple really hot takes I would like to run by you. So there were 446 witnesses who were, like, talking about why they thought the bill was a good idea, mostly from faith groups. Oh, I'm sorry. No, No, you're right. No, no, no. Approved. Approval for this bill. Yeah. Um, I think this is my favorite take. Uh, One woman, and I don't have her name, said, uh, we're literally missing billions of dollars in taxpayer money, suggesting that preventing abortion would re- increase the state's population, meaning more p- more people contributing <laughs> to public coffers. What an excellent, very good take. How yeah. smart is this woman? If no one had abortions, all those babies would be born. They would all be making tons of money, which would lead to more taxes, so more public money. Yeah. Not having any accountability for the fact that the women, their mothers would suffer Mm because they couldn't work and they're used, they're like unable to work Mm -hmm. that these children are not in the position. If they were making money, they wouldn't be in this position. A lot of these people Mm -hmm. where they would have to go through with all this stuff because they could get the health insurance and the birth control to begin with. Like, yes, you're right. It's the dumbest possible argument for this. Very bad. So I'm sure Tony Tinderholt loved it. Loved it. Also, I want to piggyback on that. Um, the six-week abortion um, bill in Ohio is likely going to pass. It did uh, pass. Oh, it did pass? The governor it, signed it. So that's cool. Um, and somebody made an interesting point, and I thought I wrote it down, but I don't see it here. Um, so it's a, essentially, it's effectively banning abortion after six weeks. And guess what? Once again, I'm going to explain that six weeks of pregnancy is really... Maybe four weeks, and that's maybe two weeks of having missed your period, which isn't that late for a lot of people. So, so a lot of women don't even know they're pregnant won't at even that know point. They're pregnant. Um, and somebody, oh God, I wish I could find it, but um, somebody made a point that uh, about a third of pregnancies end in miscarriage, whether or not a woman even realizes she's pregnant by the time she miscarries. Like, it, um, and because because of this bill, there's like this truncated time. If a woman does not want to be pregnant, she is going to like fucking hustle through this thing because guess what? Women who don't want to be pregnant will figure out a way to not be pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, they, she noted that this is probably, this could have the effect of increasing some abortions because women who are four weeks pregnant or whatever might go to have an abortion that would that pregnancy would not have been viable anyway. So you're forcing their hand into before it's even a decision they should have to make in the first place. It's and called it's, pro-life. It's just there's such fucking monsters. I don't I'm so And again, why are they passing these bills? Because they want to get it in Brett Kavanaugh's hands. Yeah, I think that's so that the other thing we can never forget is Roe that v. Wade. these seem crazy. They're waiting for somebody to sue and waiting for that lawsuit to go up to uh, Supreme Court trying to take down Roe v. Wade, and um, we need to stop that. We need to make sure we that doesn't We can't happen. do jack right now. Okay, well... I mean, I played my part. I voted for my people. I voted for the pro-women side of these things. <sighs> these people are monsters. They are. Um, let's go to Lori Laughlin. <laughs> Aunt Becky. Because it's so funny. Actually, we haven't even talked about this whole scandal. Do you have any, like... That's outside our wheelhouse. But yeah, I mean, cheating yeah. scandal, the admission scandal. So all these rich parents, mostly white, mm-hmm. are like, here, here's a lot of money. Do what you need to do to get my kid inside of a school. Right. Uh, for whatever reason. So in... In this person's case, she's an actress. If you're not familiar, she was on Full House. Mm -hmm. She paid $500,000 for the dude to basically get her kids to get into, I think, USC, Southern California, on a crew crew scholarship, which is like rowing, which her kids don't even do, but they got the athletic scholarship to get in, and it was... even funnier because her daughter's been on Instagram saying, I don't even want to go to college. I don't really do work, whatever it is she said. But anyway, the reason I bring her up here is because like she hasn't, 
pled guilty like some of the other people have. Oh, she like tried to call the prosecutor's bluff and like didn't take his first plea deal. He's like, no, no, no. I have this shit on you. What are you doing? Yeah. And one of the people telling uh, People Magazine, they quoted a source who knows her well saying, um, like, what's she doing right now? Now that she's in trouble, but she's not in the spotlight, but she is in the spotlight. And they said, she's trying to keep a somewhat regular schedule, going to yoga and Pilates and seeing friends for lunch. She's very Mm faith-based, and she knows her faith will get her through this. She has a strong, very strong faith that is helping her immensely. Apparently, God didn't say, hey, don't give the skeezy man $500,000 because that's wrong. God wasn't there for that. God didn't stop her from getting caught by the feds, but God's totally helping her out now. Like, and also, can we stop pretending that rich people live in the same universe as the rest of us? Because they (laughs) do not. uh... My God. As an Asian person who had to, like, work his ass off to get into anything Mm -hmm. and has had the pressure, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my God, you could just pay your way. And I mean, I knew this was happening, but, like... Yeah. That's what I've been amused by, by watching the scandal. It's like, oh, there's so many other ways to jack the system, to hijack the system. (laughs) It's like, oh, they're just... It's not that hard of a school to get into if you wanted to get into Where, it. Where'd it, you go? This one is USC, like a public oh, university. Yeah. It's not like, and other parents were trying to get their kids into like Ivy League schools, whatever, and plenty of people are caught up in this. Right. But the, just the way they're doing it, it's such a slap in the face to anyone who actually studies and works hard. Yeah. It's, they're not playing by the same rules. It fucking blows. Um, do you want to talk about Pope Benedict, or is let's there anything talk we about, need to... Let's talk about Pope Benedict. So he's been mostly silent for years since Pope he like stepped down Why from the papacy. Why did he step down? Um, Do I, we know? Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm the right person to say this right now, because I don't remember all the details. Uh-huh. He basically stepped down, one, because he was getting really old. Uh-huh. And two, I don't think he was as useful as he wanted to be for the church. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let someone else do it. And Pope Francis, obviously, because when he was elected, uh, everyone loved the guy at first. Right. Um, and most people still do. He has a positive reputation. It's like, yeah, this guy's way better for the church. Um, so for the most part, Benedict has been out of the spotlight for several years. But this week, he wrote an essay for a German magazine that's kind of aimed at priests. An essay? It was like a f- novella. It, it was, was huge, super yeah. long. 11 pages or something. And he basically said, let's talk about the church's sex abuse scandal, which he, like Pope Francis, has just totally overlooked. Sure. didn't do anything useful. Um, and he basically said the scandal can be blamed on what? Not on the priests, not on their abusive nature, not on the church's rules or lack lack of rules. Uh-huh. It's the fault of the sexual revolution of the 1960s, sure. uh, more liberal sexual ethics. He blamed homosexual cliques. Uh, what do you think? Oh, like within, invariant, yeah. within seminaries, homosexual cliques were established. Uh-huh. Um, basically, he blamed everyone else for the sex abuse problems, which, again... We know he would say that because he didn't do anything to fix the problem when he was in power. Right. It's just it's like, just how did you blame. step back? It's like Clarence Thomas again. The one time you talk, it's to say the dumbest shit ever. What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, I, I always wonder if people are being sincere or if they are just covering their own ass. And I, I don't, I honestly don't know. Like, I don't know where somebody is coming from. But when I see things like that, like, do you really think that the problem... Because I think the problem that a lot of people are having is it wasn't enough that children were being abused in churches. Like, that was problem A. Problem B was that the Catholic Church was covering it up. So Right. And he so doesn't fun. really talk about why it was all covered right. up and why all these priests were shuffled. It was a systemic problem. Around. It wasn't yeah. an individual problem. So, fine, if you think that, whatever, like, sexual abuse was higher because of like, 60s counterculture, it's a terrible take, but fucking fine. What are you but doing about it? what are you going to do about it? Because your dudes have not been handling it super well. Right. They've been releasing predators into whole new pools of children to abuse. He like, also blamed atheists, by the way. Why did, oh, he, a quote, really why did pedophilia that. reach such proportions? Ultimately, the reason is the absence of God. Like, oh. Uh-huh, right. One Catholic theologian on Twitter actually said the entire letter was, quote, an embarrassingly wrong explanation for the systemic abuse of children and its cover-up. Yep. Um, 
And Bill Donahue of the Catholic League, which is like the one dude in his parents' basement, uh-huh. uh, said of Pope Benedict, he is indispensable. Which, if you're getting praise from Bill Donahue, you done fucked also, up. Also, he obviously isn't indispensable because they dispensed of him. He dispensed himself. Um, yikes. Yikes on all fronts. So, um, I have One more problem thing. with the Catholic Church yeah. to deal with this week. Throw it on top of the, yeah. the pile. Um, I have I, one more it. thing. The black hole thing. Stephen Miller. What? I don't know. The whole White House is a black hole. Oh, anyway. I see what you did there. <laughs> yes. I tried to make a funny. It <laughs> wasn't. No, you leave that to this me. This is exciting, though. Yeah. Th- okay. Well, you talk about the exciting part, and I'm going to come in with my, like, <laughs> feminist shit on it. No, the, what was exciting to me is that one of the biggest stories of the week, uh, which it doesn't seem like it got the attention it deserves. because oh, I thought of it did. It all was those, everywhere. It, well, I mean, it was on the front page of the major papers and all that. That's great. But the fact that we photographed a black hole, like humanity photographed a black hole, an actual one, not just like a computer-generated model of it, and the ability to do that and how much science and physics and know-how you had to put together to take that picture is incredible. And they finally released that image this week. And it shows, like, all these things that scientists had theorized for Mm -hmm. so long. Like, yeah, no, everything works out the way Mm -hmm. people said. Science works. Yeah, it's how science works. You predict a thing. Yeah. And then if it's true... So it's just a huge feat of science and humanity, and that is such a cool thing to to celebrate. Um, And that's that's an amazing accomplishment. Um, I want to talk about Dr. Katie Bauman. Yes. Um, She's a PhD in electrical engineering and computer science from MIT, and she was the one who wrote the immense amount of code that that was required to get this. Um, She has been one of several people, but yes, she was spearheaded spearheaded a lot of Um, She's 29, which is fucking wild, Mm. and I've never felt older in my entire (laughs) life. Um, But there have been some weird takes on like how people profile her because time wrote a Facebook post and it said Katie Bauman helped make the first the world's first image of a black hole which they dropped her doctorate which oh, I think really? is kind of bogus <laughs> uh-huh. and then the subheading is quote Baum- do you think it's Bauman or Bowman I don't know Bauman didn't know the first thing about black holes when she joined the team six years ago was there like <laughs> What the fuck are what you doing, Time Magazine? <laughs> what, like, it's things like this that make me bananas crazy because they... Because they wouldn't describe no. someone else with her qualifications like, like said that. she helped make the first... But then, like, undercut her immediately. <laughs> right. Which, like, it's true. And she said, like, she's not an, an astrophysicist. She is an electrical engineer and a computer scientist. Yeah. She holds two PhDs. She's smarter <laughs> than me no matter what the fuck she's doing. But, like, it's not untrue, but it's such a weird way to frame this, like, person's incredible accomplishment by sort of, like, nagging her, like, misnaming her. They didn't give her a PhD or a doctorate. And then said the one, like, it's just such a shitty take, and it undercuts I did hear everything. Uh, this thing that a lot of people were saying, oh, she didn't do as much as, like, this other guy. It's really a man who did this. And the astrophysicist who they try to heap the Uh praise on instead of her Mm -hmm. is like, yeah, I'm one of the dudes. She's one of the people who worked. We all worked on this. Stop trying to pretend like I did more than her. This was a team effort. Like, whoever you people are, stop it. And there is, oh, my God. You know how I love to read the comment sections because I hate myself. Uh Uh-huh. there's a picture of her that's been pretty widely circulated of her like sitting in front of her laptop, say, and the caption is like, "Looking at that image." Like looking at that image, and like the way she phrases it is like the first, like my first time capturing a black hole, like not the first time any human has ever <laughs> captured an image. And behind her, at like her desk, there's a dude who looks like he's like on his phone, like yeah. he's like looking down yeah. at his lap. <laughs> so really. Some like MRA motherfucker is like, how come she's getting all the credit? Maybe that guy behind her did just as much work, if not more. And I'm like, the guy in his phone is the one you're hitching your wagon to? Like, and I'm not, I'm sure he's very smart and important, but like, you're just looking for men in the picture and like, you, you did more work. Yeah. 
<sighs> anyway, I'm very happy for her. She, uh, this is an incredible accomplishment. It is beyond my understanding of how anything works. So I'm just happy that people smarter than me are doing this kind of thing. <laughs> right. It's it's a reminder that oh right, there are like oh intelligent people doing intelligent things right. while all we pay attention to is the chaos. The that, yeah. That are everywhere else. Speaking of which, this is the last one I have for you. Um, I don't know if you saw this or not, but I'm very excited to tell you about it if you haven't. I'm so nervous. There's a school in Washington, D.C. called the Catholic University of America. It's a Catholic school. Okay. They, at the student, like student government, at their request, they just passed a resolution prohibiting Wi-Fi access to the, quote, top 200 pornography sites through the campus network. In other words, they're going to block the top 200 most popular porn sites. Yeah, 3G, my dude. Like, it's <laughs> not that hard. So this is where I'm going with this. Like, who do they think they're tricking here? In or stopping college? In People college. People get porn in college? I know. And like, what? you know what site's going to be popular? Number 201. Right? Like, like, there's <laughs> no lack of them. You think typing in 200 like URLs into a blacklist somewhere oh is going to stop students who want to look at porn from looking at porn? Yes, you can get on your wireless hotspot. You can get on a different network. You can go to sites 201 through 110 million. <laughs> and here's the other thing. If you're blocking, and this is, I'm assuming this is true. I'm assuming if you block the 200 most popular sites, mm -hmm. what's going to be left are like the more fringy kind of yeah. less safe, like probably unhealthy yeah. sort of sites. Less mainstream, perhaps. Yeah. And like you're kind of er like pressuring the kids to like check out the weird stuff, not like the this, quote unquote regular stuff. This is a decision made by <laughs> old dudes. No, it wasn't. What? It wasn't. This was brought on by oh, students. Yeah, this is the student the student body. Guys, um, what are you doing? It, by the way, it only passed 13 to 12. But they basically said, you know... Um, uh, when does it go in effect? Because some people are going to be downloading some shit I on their hard I think it drive. already <laughs> did. Um, but they were basically arguing, you know, we're Catholics. We chose to be at the school to live under Catholic rules. Mm -hmm. And like, why would you allow us to go see this? Don't but give me the freedom to do what I want to do. I right. hate that. I hate freedom. It, it's kind of funny. They're like... I can't be trusted. I can't be trusted not to look at the, these 200 uh, websites if I wanted to. And what do they think is going to happen? Like a kid's going to like go to Pornhub and say, oh, it's blah. I will go read the Bible now. <laughs> That's not what anyone's going to do. Every time I've read the Bible, it's because my, <laughs> my go-to porn sites were down. And then I'm like, I don't know what else to do with myself. Yeah. Bible it is. Violent websites, still fine, apparently. Sure. Every other sin you can imagine mm -hmm. is still fine to go watch online. Yeah. Just not consensual sex with two people. Man, <laughs> I, if anybody goes to that university, go to your roommate's computer and like find a folder on the desktop that's labeled like Texas <laughs> or rough draft of um, essay fall 2017. These, this Catholic <laughs> school finally found a way to deal with the sex problem in the Catholic church and it's... <laughs> <laughs> has nothing to do with priests and pedophilia. It's God, let's stop websites. They find the exact wrong thing to worry about, don't they? Uh -huh. Isn't the, it wild? A like, spokesperson for the school. It's difficult to ignore the firm stance against pornography <laughs> made by our student body. I laughed too. They said firm. Oh my God. <laughs> a firm stance? A firm stance of 13 to 12, Are by the way. Are you sure that this isn't a parody site? Where are because they getting this? nothing about this sounds real. What's Where? the name of the Catholic... Catholic Un University of America. Where are they getting this that list of 200 sites real. from, too? I'm very curious. Like, <laughs> where are they getting this list from? Oh, my God. Oh my God! I think that's fake. I'm calling like it our now. priest turning in this list somewhere. Yeah. Oh, I just happen to curate. It's hand curated, so I could get the really insidious ones. Yeah. So don't worry, I have it. Don't ask me why or how. And but maybe I do have unpopular it. take. I would much rather students watch porn than do whatever it is they were gonna do with that, like whatever they were gonna release their sexual energy on. Because sometimes that's not for good. Yeah, like I, don't I would know. argue masturbation never really hurt no, anybody. That, that I'm not worried about. That. Like, if you're, I got to release this somehow, people yeah. do nasty. It's yeah. it's the same reason you want to legalize, like, drugs or something, certain ones. Because yeah. it's, if you don't, they're going to find a wrong way to do it yeah. or an unsafe, unhealthy way I to do it. I would argue the same with abortion of, like. Right, 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 right. Like, I'm sure you don't love it, but this is better for everybody. Right. 
it's a just a dumb way to solve I mean, a problem that didn't really exist. It is also like a very conservative point of view. Is like let's tackle. <coughs> A handful of the symptoms and not ever consider the root of everything, which is like you guys are dumb and fell behind in culture and see you never. Oh, why do people do that? By the way, one time, this is many years ago, I was at a religious school giving a talk. Okay. And I stayed on campus (laughs) that day. And I was trying to visit not those sites, I was trying to visit any other sites. I know. I was blocked from visiting a whole bunch of, like, news sites. Oh, yeah, because they can't differentiate. No, because they must have seen any article that was, like, inappropriate. And because those sites don't filter them out, like, the whole site was blocked. And what was amusing is that I'm like, I wonder how far this goes. Because someone had to enter those URLs into a list somewhere. Sure. And the funny part is when I tried, like... Um, I think I remember, like, dating sites were off limits, but, like, I don't know if it was Grindr or something else. Like, the, <laughs> the ones they probably haven't heard they of know about it. were fine. That's and it was funny. so funny because it's clear someone typed in this list and they have no clue what people use and don't use. Oh, my God. And it was just a fun little experiment because it's like, yeah, they blocked certain sites and they totally ignored other ones. But, oh, that's so... They don't know what students are doing. No. No oh idea. Oh, my God. That's so embarrassing for them. Um, Hemet, do you have anything good? Oh, you're going to uh, North Going to North Carolina? Carolina. That's That'll exciting. For um, one day, and then I'm back that night. It's President a fast Trump trip. confirmed that he's considering releasing detained mi- migrants into mostly Democratic sanctuary cities. This is right after the administration said, we're totally not doing that, you guys. What the fuck are they doing? Um... Cool. Anything else cool happening Nothing with you? Nothing cool is no, happening ever? with me. You're not it's dying okay. anymore, which is well. good for me. I can't carry this by myself. <laughs> um, no, it's all good. We'll be back next week yeah. with more drama. Maybe yeah. they'll discover more stuff. You'd by never then. do the end tags. You can email us. Oh at, right! <laughs> like, what are? How many of these have we done? Uh, Two sixty-five. This. You week. can email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail if you have any questions or just want to complain about me to Hemet. That's fine. I forward them all to you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have access to that email account. I'm having some friends over tonight, so you, if you guys want to complain, tonight's the night to do it, because I like to read it to my friends, and everybody nice. thinks it's extremely funny. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Hemant is at Hemant Meta. Um, Patreon.com slash Friendly Anthes Podcast if you want to support what, uh, what we do. We spend a lot of time and considerable effort putting this together every week. And Can't you tell? Cra- it takes a lot of work. We've never missed a week. We're very good at that. Um, so if you think that's worth supporting, then we would appreciate your support. And um, that's it. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.